We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good with it? Lucky Lucky Podcast. I know our boys in the building. It's a great Tuesday. Great Tuesday. Six is left. <laughs> this is how the last three Tuesdays have gone to Chicago, left. That's right. 80 degrees. Snow. 60 degrees. Mm. Only in the Midwest. Only in the Midwest, Only man. in the Midwest. You're going to get just about everything you're asking for. I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure out there it's like 75, sunny. It's been pretty consistent. Yep. <laughs> yep. Kind of like we wish Notre Dame would be pretty consistent. They have been just in a... A different way. Different way. They are very, they are, they have represented the Midwest for sure. Mm. We are brought to you on CFE Nation, presented by Twisted Tea. Hey, hey, see, I've been drinking my tea. That's right. So my, my voice is getting better. What kind of tea is it? The, uh, um, this morning, my wife bought me uh, this peach respiratory tea that she got from the herbal store. Okay. And it's supposed to uh, help restore, like, the breathing, the nasal passage, all of that. Certain things that were, like, side effects for me. So it was really good. I'll say that. Okay. It was really good because I personally... I could only drink tea with sugar, and now I'm like getting used to putting honey in it. Okay. Yeah, I was straight up sugar, like. But it is what it is. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Once again, you know, we got Bishop Zaire on the uh, ceremony, you know, order of services today. So um, today we're talking about changes and convos at Notre Dame. Changes and conversations that are taking place during the bye week at Notre Dame. And Left is about to tell you the changes and conversations that need to take place during the bye week at Notre Dame. I'm hey, I'm gonna sit back and let you rock like I did. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to hear this list. Uh man, the changes. Well, one of the changes I think is just having those that focus on the future. And I think Marcus Freeman in this time should take the time to talk to those who he trusts the most. You know, those on staff, find start those conversations with Al Golden early. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be my first order of business. What is Al Golden thinking? You know, you may not have to tell me anything. You know, I just need to kind of spitball, which you kind of reass- reassess. Obviously, we we don't have, or do we have New Year's Six potential? Or how is Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We got the tax layer. You know, that type of thing. Okay, so, yeah, like, what's his spitballing ideas of his status? Because I think he should start thinking about what his entire staff should look like. And then after the Al Golden conversation, I would definitely think people Bakwa would be high on the uh, order of business because I know they were fostering some sort of relationship early doing some things, but he needs to have that conversation to know what he's getting into. You know, does he have the free range ability to take over the program like he wants to? Because he, I would use these last two seasons as an example of why he needs to be in full control of um, what he's got going on because it's just, it's just like, hey man, I mean, what do you expect out here when I'm only halfway doing it. So with half the production of what I needed to look like, I can give you this. But if you just let me just do my thing like a normal program, give me some coaches, give me some money in that area, whatever, we can really turn it around. So that would be a a top conversation. Another conversation I would have is with Sam Harden, you know, bring him to the office a couple of days before they we give him time to have a couple of days off, you know, and just so he had time to think about it. 
And I'd be like, hey, we brought you here. Things obviously wasn't the perfect situation, but we cleared the decks for you because we signed you for these three games. And the contract, you know, was based off of those three games. You help us, we help you. But now as the head coach, I got to start helping me. You know, and so I got to compromise with you whether we start helping Angeli get these little reps in because I got to know what I have with him. You can help and foster that relationship or I got to go with him and, you know, thank you for your service. You know, if you want to just fly home early, it's no harm, no foul. <clears throat> if you just want to start training for the draft, go ahead. You know, you can use the facilities, work out, come and go as you please, but, you know, we got to start moving on. This is a good opportunity for Steve Angeli to get some games in, some Kenny Minchie action. You know, Gino Gadula, you, you, that next conversation's with Gino Gadula. Okay. It's bowl season. We we going somewhere, which means there's a, some practices, that we're going to have to really start hashing out of who we have on this roster. And we also have some games left that I want to see Steve Angeli with Kenny Minchie being right on his on his back, what this can look like. Because if that's, what, three weeks of preparation, mm -hmm. right, of game week preparation with one and two, and then on top of that, you got three actual games. And then after that, you got a bowl game with a week or two of practice. It's a lot of time and take to to know what you want to do heading into spring. Do I bring in another guy? Do I like what I got that I can move on with? Whatever. Those are the most important conversations right there because now you got to consider – giving Steve the chance because worst case scenario, you tell Steve after that stint, hey, you got enough film, you know, got you a ball game, transfer portal's big, I'll help you go somewhere. But Kenny Minchie, if you shine, it's going to be you, your, your job to lose with Steve in the, in the wings and CJ Carr looking to try to get him on a hot start because I got Deuce Knight coming. I need to retain that. Well, Deuce is next year. CJ is this year. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I need to retain that possibility of him being able to come in and play or have yeah. a have a system of operation when he comes in. So I need to have these guys rolling. Because I need to keep that commitment. You know, I don't need to lose a Deuce Knight in the mm -hmm. recruiting class that I'm trying to build for the future. So that needs to happen for me. Then my, my other conversation, I'm going to Jared Parker, giving him a, a four-game audition. But we're getting off, of, getting off of Sam. Now you got Angeli who's been here the whole time. He know the offense better than anybody. Now... I'm going to give you these opportunities to see what you can do with Sam and get Kenny in the, in, in the weights. How can you help Kenny out? 
How can you help Angeli out? You can call more because Angeli should know more, in my opinion. But also, you should focus on developing what you can with the rest of this past game. Because at this point, it's about seeing what we got. Because then I got to go down and talk to these receivers after that. You know, obviously, you was in a position where you probably wasn't the top of the list. You know, that's fair. I don't think he thought he was in the top of the list. So, I don't know how this is going to go moving forward, but I, I want to help you, obviously, you know, put together some good bowl tape, last couple game tape, you know, because it would be good for you, too. Because now you, offense coordinator of Notre Dame, you automatically go somewhere else, and now you can probably do what you want, you know. So, then, <laughs> then I got to go to that receiver room. And me and Chancey Stuckey got to have a heart-to-heart. And we got to figure out what's missing in the room, what's working, what's not working, and then why is it or is it not working? I think a lot of that is because for all the talent that we feel like we have in that room, it's very underwhelming. And and it's and it's kind of weird because it's Notre Dame. We're not recruiting guys that are, you know, the bottom of the list or anything. Did we lose left? All right, Lucky Lefty Podcast, left a tap back in. I don't know what's up with that California Wi-Fi this week, but he left off on the conversation um, with Chancey Stuckey. Chancey Stuckey left. Go ahead. Yeah, so Chancey Stuckey, I got to see, listen, you, this is your audition too now. A lot of receiver coaches have been rotating through here. I would like you to be some, somewhat of a foundational piece, especially – because he's good in recruiting. Now, but also I need you to develop these guys because somebody's got to be a, a, a dog in this group. And I feel like that would be your number one job of finding who is the number one guy that everybody needs to center around that maybe can spark the other guys in the room to show their ability as well, you know. And I think that should be the main goal for him because right now, you're just coaching a bunch of guys. Or as Steve Smith says, a bunch of Jags. Mm. Just a guy. So I think it's important that we make use of the stars that we're bringing in because that reflects on recruiting that we may not even know the impacts of. But also, it's important that we look at this as an opportunity to 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 showcase in that in these last games with a different quarterback that we do have a stronger offensive passing team than what we've been able to display. I think Sam's hurt, honestly. And plus, after these three games, we've seen enough. You didn't fulfill your end of the contract. 
And it just it is what it is. It's college football. He this was a more of a beneficial relationship for him, in my opinion, because what did we really get out of it? You know, is Sam the greatest quarterback since whoever? I don't think so. Is Sam statistically so much greater than what we've had already? I don't believe so. Did he even leave an impact on this season that's more memorable than Jack Combs? Probably not. You know, at least he's in the PlayStation 6 Bowl, you know, whatever that was. So I do think that the experiment wasn't what we thought it would, or wasn't what most people thought it would be, because I knew what, you know, I knew the potential of what this could be and, and specifically what it would come down to to mm-hmm. to validate if this made sense or not. You know, we could quantify if Sam's journey to Notre Dame was what it was paved, you know, to be, and it wasn't. So I don't think it's no harm, no foul in terms of what we think about Sam. Yeah, we think he's probably a great guy. But this is a very contractual transfer, in my opinion, and that's how Marcus Freeman should go about it, because Marcus Freeman expected those three games to be handled better by a guy that's a veteran and has X, Y, Z of a fifth year that we didn't have. And I thought Marcus Freeman felt more comfortable going that route than having an unknown of a Tyler Buckner or whoever, which... I feel like most coaches would have went the same route. So I don't think it was a mistake for Marcus Freeman to get Sam. I just think that in combination of things, bringing Sam wasn't like bringing a dude. So you needed to have a lot of different things around him that I don't think offensively we hashed out well enough, even though we – pseudo did with clearing the decks of the competition around him. So I think that um, it's just a tough conversation to basically restructure what, you know, many would consider very underwhelming to what we thought we had coming in from the potential of what it could be, you know. Run game, you know, I think is more so they need to work on pass blocking. All of them, the by way, they just need to go to pass blocking school, Dean McCullough, because in the in the crunch time, pass blocking at the running back situation is has been atrocious. So um, <clears throat> defensively, I think just the encouragement of the of the guys in the secondary, you know, giving them a a, a picture of what he would like them to finish the season, like just the defense in general, and I think more of a connection he would have to the defense, especially the linebackers, just kind of give an assessment of probably what he thinks with those guys and, you know, their idea of how they want to finish the season because they have a lot of seniors in there. But also just, you know, just figuring out what kind of works and doesn't work or things he could do better. I think just a self-assessment of himself and how he's approached defense, uh, which I think has been great. But also, it's, and you don't want to overshadow what the offense's issues are with how you can still get on the defense. Because I think there's an Al Washington conversation to have. 
because how do you get more sacks out of a room that I think is talented in just different ways? You know, you just got to find a way to put them in position to get more sacks, and especially those younger guys get more involved. So uh, that's what I would do. And then special teams just keep cheering on Viaggi, man. That's my dog. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Oh, the changes. We, okay, those are the combos. The changes that need to take place over the bye week. So I would definitely transition uh, Sam Hartman in, in, into Steve Angeli time and have Menchie, you know, getting some some backup and potential. Uh, reps just to just jump started. I think the best thing Notre Dame can do from a developmental standpoint is throwing the fish in the water. Throw them in there. You got to see what you got because the point of them even coming to Notre Dame is to develop. Mm -hmm. You know, I heard a great story about um, John Brown, the commentator at CVS. Uh, with the with the fro, not um, John Brown. I, I know you're talking Brown. about John the main Paul, guy, the yeah. main guy. Yeah, and so uh, <laughs> you know he got asked to get on, and he's trying out. He did terrible his first time. Did terrible. So after the thing, you know, they get the call. James Brown. James Brown. James Brown. James yeah, Brown. Yeah. James Brown from the DMV area, matter of fact. Yeah, yep. So they said he didn't do well his first season. So they was like, you know, he had to call his bosses. They said, I don't think this is going to work out. You know, sorry, you know, we're not going to bring you back on. And he was like, well, that's why I'm here, right? Y'all supposed to help me get better, help me do this. Of course, I'm not good at it my first time, but isn't that why I'm here? You know, you're supposed to put me on. They said ever since they uh ever since then they got him with somebody and he never looked back, man. It just it was a different perspective of uh looking at the answer no, but he he saw it as obviously me coming in and not knowing. Like just like how I felt, you know, they just tell you to do it. You have no idea what to do. And then when they actually teach you and develop you and you take it serious, you you know, you can have something special. So that's kind of how James Brown's story was cool. Uh, I thought about it. And it's the same thing at Notre Dame, you know. I, we don't know what we have with Kenny Minchie holding him on the sideline. We don't know what we have with uh, Steve Angeli holding him on the sideline. So, you know, you don't come to Notre Dame and sit the bench, in my opinion. So you got to be able to just put him out there and then evaluate if there's something to develop. You know, I think Drew Pine would have been a good case study if he played earlier that we would have seen it was something to move on before we even got to where we got to with him. Mm-hmm. It could have been like, oh yeah, you not you not it. You know, you not you not it. Let's go ahead and get you get you up out of here. Bring somebody to fill that spot. We, we until we find a room that's fostering that competition type like Alabama. You know, we got to find that lead horse and then somebody to compete that can compete with it. Because right now, there's no lead horse in the Notre Dame quarterback room. I think what made 
you know, 12 to 15, 16, so special. Well, 12 to, yeah, 12 to 17, so special, was that it was always a league horse in the room, and it was always an incumbent in some yeah. way. You know, it was always a guy that was, okay, he, he's nice. You can do you can do some things, but it was always the guy behind him that was around, that was capable. Opinion if he's better or not, who cares? But he's capable. Mm-hmm. So to have a lead horse and, and always a capable guy in the room, I think that's kind of what made it so solid for us. Uh, you know, along with our competitive ways, you know, then and it made the team better. Now you look after that, it just became a a place look like a office space. A bunch of co-workers. Look like staples. <laughs> it didn't look like a football room. It looked like a bunch of homies hanging in a treehouse. You know, everybody's on the same page. You know, everybody's friendly. And, you know, attention to, to winning and the importance of it just it was very watered down. You just had a bunch of guys that just liked playing football. There wasn't no spice in the room. And you didn't have any spice in the offense. It just it just ended up what happened. I mean, you started knowing less of receivers. And then the, we had a weird transition of having receivers that were uber talented, but you, you didn't know about it until they got to the draft. And then after that, you didn't have any more talent, honestly, that really popped for you like it did when you had that run that we did at quarterback. And I think it just shows the the lack of and lack of attention, the care in recruiting of what you needed to win, instead of trying to be coaching what you were comfortable with, and you know what was easy to do. So. You know, it wasn't easy during our stretch, but, you know, we had a bigger goal in mind in terms of trying to win the whole thing. And there's no way in those recruiting years after Ian, you could tell me they was trying to win at that position by recruiting the best that they could. I thought they got very uh, specific in their parameters of what they wanted to recruit, which is odd because you're trying to recruit the best in each position and you're you know, shaping the way you recruit your position very unorthodox, you know, to the times of what it's going to take to win, you know. So I think that had to be addressed, but it's something that Marcus Freeman, I believe, he can do. He's had tough conversations before. He's just got to mm-hmm. continue uh, to not be overly anxious to cover for things he shouldn't have to apologize for. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. 
Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. That's spot on, Left, because when it comes to Marcus Freeman, uh, I think we saw the post game, um, the frustration internally uh, really bubbling up to the point that it was really difficult for him to handle questions about certain topics without stepping outside of who we normally see and the persona of Marcus Freeman. And he, he came dangerously close a couple of times post game on Saturday. And it was like, do it. Just, just say it, you know, stop trying to be this perfect. Say it, man. Like say it. You don't have to go by the script, the Notre Dame script. Speak your mind. You're the head coach. Let people know what you expect. Learn how to talk to the people in that administration, that coaching staff, and on that in that locker room through the media. See, that's what Nick Saban does. See, that's why when people try to get, you know, Deion Sanders is throwing players under the bus. Nick Saban been throwing his players under the bus and using the media to motivate them for decades. Decades. That's what the best coaches do. Phil Jackson did it for decades. like man learn how to use they because the media is definitely going to use you and your words and take them out of context and write stories and have podcasts and talk about it try to dissect it that's what they that's their job so hey use them as well to get a point across the notre dame administration players coaches everybody like yo this ain't it this is not us. This is not Notre Dame. We're going to take this week off to find out what, what fat needs to be cut. You know, unfortunately, you know, a guy like me, you know, I like a little fat on my steak, on my rib tips. So I don't really like you to cut my fat away. But right. speaking in the terms of Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame, yeah, it's time to cut the fat, man. It's time to cut the fat. You're gonna end up more than likely with nine and nine and three seasons back to back, ten and three. Or whatever. If nine and four last year, you end up possibly ten and three this year. What Vegas have is eight and five again. Yeah, the the over, they're gonna cover the over. That they gonna get that. We got Stanford and we got who else? It's Wake Forest. Next week, I ain't, I'm not worried about Wake Forest. Wake Forest, nah. But that Stanford game, I told people, Stanford's getting better and better, bro. Stanford should have beaten Washington. They had Washington. They had the ball with a chance to take the lead in the fourth <laughs> quarter, and my man just dropped a flat out first down. That's they it. had Washington, you know. So that Stanford game. I told people weeks ago, that's not that's not a bunny. 
It's not, especially, dude, how many times has Notre Dame going out to Stanford with the better team and just the craziest things just happen to Paul Alton? Every time. It never fails. The craziest things. That is and it's no different. Game. Every time. So instead of going out there and, and spanking them to set yourself up for a New Year's Six Bowl, more than likely you have to go out there and battle with these dudes and wrestle with a big lineman all day to come out with a close victory. Especially if you're making changes at the quarterback position. You know, it's, if you're making changes, you know, I poll question. Go to YouTube, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Subscribe, the thumbs up, smash it notification bell every time we go live you'll know leave your comments we respond to all the poll question of the day is up right yesterday the poll question was should Notre Dame bench Sam Hartman and move on to Steve Angelo 39 percent of you guys said yes I think it was like 13 percent of you guys said no and then it was like another 40% of you guys that said, play both of them moving forward. Steve, so it is, look, man, and I saw somebody in the chat because I'm going to get to this and then we're going to transition over to uh, the second half, which is how in the world does Tommy Reese pull out his Gator Bowl game plan? And put up 42 on LSU. So is it really game plan or is it the players? See, I mean, I'm, is it game plan or players? We're really gonna get, get into it in this transition. Because there's been a whole lot of blame going on about coaching, game planning, play calls. I saw Jalen Milrow make a whole bunch of plays Saturday night. Off script. A whole bunch. But I digress. Back to the conversation that we're having right here at Lucky Lefty Podcast. SD2 Mike, Sean Davis. The original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zayed. We talk about Steve Angeli coming in. Steve Angeli comes in. The great thing, like you said, left, he knows the playbook better than anybody else in that quarterback room. But it's Marcus Freeman saying, yo, we need to simplify things. Or is he saying, yo, we need to let Steve rock? Yeah, I think you got to throw the fish out there, man. What is there to simplify? He's been there long enough. He probably knows more than Jerry Parker does. And he should be the most comfortable he's probably ever been being there as long as he should have, as long as he has. Mm -hmm. So for me, I think Steve is in the more advantageous of playing more free because there's nothing to play for. What do you, I mean, obviously we want to play for a bowl game, but... If you just do the right things, you should be fine. Yeah. And for us, we need to see what it is because I think the the worst case scenario is having to get another transfer 
And the best case is knowing what your future is, Steve, so we can know what our future is with bringing these guys that we've recruited heavily to an extent that we believe has enough talent that we don't need to get somebody else. Yeah. It would only throw us back another year if we go get a grad transfer that we only bring it in for one year. So even if he's a two-year guy, you can't be here. <laughs> <laughs> so, you Steve, you got to play these four games. Like, it's like, you know, we Sam is in a worse position only because you just holding up the show at this point. If yeah. I'm Freeman, I'm thinking about my coaching future. Sam, you are not in that part. Let, so, let me let me ask you this. Because one thing we're going to be here to everyone is fair. We want to be fair. The decision to bring Sam Hartman, which is why this is frustrating to Marcus Freeman, was really Tommy Reese and his vision for Sam Hartman and his offense. That's right. That, that's who went to recruit him, speak to him, to lay out, this is how I envision you in the Notre Dame offense. And then he cuts bait. Yeah, that's kind of unfair. Tough situation. Sam Hartman's put in now. Working with an offensive coordinator that can know the playbook, but doesn't have a vision for him. See, Tommy had to have a vision for him before he even went to him to pitch him. He was like, yo, Coach Freeman, I think this is the guy we need. I'm going to go talk to him. I know exactly how I'm going to use him. Bam. So, yeah, he was put in a tough situation. Right? I get that. Heck, Jared Parker was put in a tough situation, in my opinion, which is why I was a little bit more patient than most people. And uh, I'm to the point now where I'm willing to move on after one year. But knowing the situation he was put in, I'm like, man, look, I, it wasn't fair to him to ask him to pretty much run somebody else's offense. I mean, hell, it's not, it's not fair for Marcus Freeman. That, that's what I'm – this is why I go back to what I said yesterday. This dysfunction. Yeah, this dysfunction. It's a whole bunch of unfair situations going on. <laughs> Basically. Like, can we get some continuity? Can we? Can – I'm going to put – I'm just letting you know. Your boy LeBron is going on the petty train today. For his comments post game after the Miami game last night, I don't give a darn about him passing the ball at the end of the game. And whether it was the right play and all that, I ain't get to that, dude. But his comments about, you know, we'll get to it. But I don't care what anybody said. LeBron could be upset because Miami as an organization did not acquiesce to him and his demands the same way Cleveland and uh, Los Angeles did. You know why? And this is what you have to respect. <laughs> they got one dude. Everybody, you say the Miami Heat, you know who's in charge. Left? Dude. 
Miami Heat, who's in charge? Pat Riley. That's it. That's it. That's who's in charge. Unfortunately, when you say no to Dane football, most people say Jack Swarbrick. They don't say the head coach. They say the athletic director. I don't see that at any other big time program. I don't even know who the athletic director of Georgia is. I have no clue. None. <laughs> None. Texas AD. I don't know. Alabama AD. No clue. No clue. Just because of recent news, I know Wardell is the athletic director at Michigan. I know the athletic director at the U of I because that's the alma mater. Other than that, that's not the way it goes, man. Nobody feels like Marcus Freeman is in charge at Notre Dame. No one. I did know my boy was the AD at Ohio State. Gene Smith, yeah. Gene Smith, that's retired. A new Gene. But this is one of those unfortunate things, right? And one of those things that really needs to be solved. There needs to be continuity, man, within the administration in the Notre Dame football program. Whoever the head coach is needs to be the guy. Yeah. So, you know, we have alums that watch the show. Like, you guys went there. You know you're tapped in. I can't speak to what needs to happen, right? If, if certain people need to get the hell out of the way, then get the hell out of the way. People Bach was coming in. But, hey, Jack is, is hovering around training them. You know? So, will Pete get out the way? And let Marcus Freeman be Notre Dame football. Yeah. You know, we'll we'll see. As I said before, ever since Lou Holtz, Notre Dame as a school has been pretty adamant that uh that football program would never ever outshine the university. Yeah, that's why Lou is the most famous, even though Brian is the most winningest. You would think Lou is the most winning is the way they, they love him so much. Yeah. But, and the university will never ever get over that. Yeah. They don't they don't talk nothing about what the university was doing positively or at all when it comes to Lou Holtz. It's just you would have thought Lou Holtz was Bill Belichick over there. Yeah. He was just yeah. as big as Father uh Hesburgh. It is. It is one of those things, love, as I said before, as much as we touched on yesterday, you know, Notre Dame fans need to stop playing the blame game because we're the ones that keep going around in circles. Notre Dame is doing what they want to do. The money is rolling in. Nothing's changing. They're happy with the brand. They got the apparel deal. They got that check. They're about to get a TV deal and that check in Notre Dame and the powers that be, they're fine with that. 
to them, the football program is doing exactly what it needs to do for them. And we as the fan base, was alumni, Subway alumni, people that just became fans because of proximity or, you know, family. It's our emotions that are getting tugged on going into year 36 next year. And at this point, all we're asking for is a little bit of continuity. That's it. That's it. A program where we're going in one direction, no dysfunction, everybody on the same page with one leader. I don't know if that's too much to ask, well. I don't know if that's too much to ask. But if it is. I don't know. I don't know. If it is too much to ask, just let us know. Just let us know. Lucky Lefty Podcast. As I said before, left. I literally, this is the first time all season I've been like on board. Like, yo, I don't like people losing their jobs, especially around the holidays. But hey, 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 maybe he can go back to being the tight end coach. It's, it's, it's almost a good thing because at the end of the day, it's about the kids, and they mm-hmm. are not fulfilling that end of it, especially kids like Tobias May with him. Hey, Lucky Lucky Podcast. We come back. Is it players or is it play calling and system? We'll get to it. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.